Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back, guys. This is Believe in Rams, episode 176. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. And uh, you can follow us at JK Bogan and at Cameron Lynch 50. But today we have a very special guest coming on to talk about the Matthew Stafford situation, his injury, the UCL sprain. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Cooper Cup and just some other things that go into it. Before we get into that, we do want to touch base on just everything that's going on with the Rams right now. Hard to do a full preview right now, Cam, uh, because we don't know who the hell is going to start at quarterback versus the Packers. Okay, you have people on Twitter asking me if I can spin it. That's where we're at right now. So, look, <laughs> we're going to avoid that for for the time being because like we can't do a full-on preview if we don't know who's starting. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, we think about, you know, Stephen Bennett, you know, being the backup quarterback, but he's now on, he's not playing right now. Right. And so we talk about this. I feel like we feel like we're in the same position as last year. We talk about how big quarterback is currency, quarterback is currency. And so the Rams go out and get Stephen Bennett. Well, Stephen Bennett is not available. And now we're in the same position as last year. So, so, Jake, who do we go get? What does that look like? Colt McCoy or, or whatever. We don't know. We're not sure. But it's a little frustrating, Jake, to be in this position again for the second time um, after we were last year. But, Jake, you know, going to the game, the football game, I know Matthew Stafford hurt himself. I know he threw an interception. So things didn't really go too well. But maybe we need to touch on some of the defense and special teams as well and some of the things that went good and didn't go too well. But I feel like we're back again, Jake. Same things last year. It's unfortunate. It's deja vu all over again, Cam. Uh, but you know what can take your mind off of deja vu all over again? Underdog <laughs> fantasy. So, Cam, tell us a little bit about underdog fantasy to get us away from this. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you can start playing pick em or weekly fantasy for any sport today. Users will receive an 100% deposit match up to $100 if they use promo code BELIEVE in RAMS at sign up. There's a limited time $500 bonus match on your first deposit. Start playing Pick'em in weekly fantasy football today with Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy. No, that is right, Cam. Um, <clears throat> look, I mean, if you have not signed up yet, five up to $500 bonus match. Like, I mean, that's that's a bargain. Like, that's an yeah. absolute steal. Um, what that means is if you put in $500, they give you $500 of bonus uh, cash in your account, and there you go. So, uh, great stuff there from underdog fantasy. Thank you, Cam, for getting us out of, uh, you know, harm's way there because it is, it's a little brutal. Um, but of course, you know what else isn't brutal? BetOnline.ag, which is your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You can get the latest odds, lines, and matchups for reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Sign up today. Use our code BELIEVE to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, uh, Cam, talking about this Dallas Cowboys game, also not really a ton to talk about because it's just one of those games where, man, I'm going to try to dissect the tape this week on my kick account, but it is going to be so hard to do all 22 film breakdown because it's, I mean, let me just ask you this as a player, is this one of those games where you just, you, you toss the tape away? Like, is it, are, are they really going to look at this? Like, cause this isn't them and they know it. Like Sean McVay even said the, the Sean McVay show, he's like, this is an outlier game. 
Yeah, no, I think, Jake, it, it's not a game that you toss out. The reason why I say that is because if the Rams don't learn from this right now, this can take their whole season, right? And there is a 24-hour rule that's really important, but I'm just going to block punt. At the end of the day, we talked about it, is John Fossil was the special teams coach at the Rams. So whether it be a trick player or whatever it is, but he's going to get after the Rams special teams ass. And he did. They had blocked the punt. Jake, it's cause of safety. It's hard to win football games. Number one, when you have punt blocks, and then when you have take, when you have interception and you throw the football away, you give the football up. And that's what the Rams did. And it, it just it was unfortunate. I know our guy Fuller got an interception. He kind of, you know, evened out the, the the frame there when it comes to comes to take, uh, takeaways. But the Cowboys won the takeaway margin uh, on special teams and on defense. And at halftime, Jake, I was like, do I even watch this anymore? <laughs> like, what does that look like? <clears throat> Yeah, uh, absolutely brutal. Um, just just a brutal game. I mean, you know, what was it? 33 to nine and a half. I mean, good Lord, man. Good Lord. But look, um, yeah, this this game was not great. Um, you know, I think there are some good things to take away. Um, first off, the usage in the passing game, Daryl Henderson. We finally got some slip screens like we've been asking for. <laughs> little things, little wins. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind, I mean, hey, we were the Kings last year trying to find a silver lining. And I thought we did a pretty damn good job because we took over this show and this team was supposed to be a hell of a lot better than they ended up being. We had no idea what we were signing up for. Um, the good news is I don't believe this is a 5-12 and 12 football team like it was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this team has been in every single game. And I know I said that last year, but they have been way more competitive this year, in my opinion. Yeah. You talk about going against the Eagles, the 49ers. I mean, now the Cowboys, and this is the only one that wasn't really close, beating the Seahawks, who look like one of the best teams in the NFC right now. And it kind of puts into perspective. I mean, look at the Bengals. Like, you know, now they're starting to rise high, and that was a game that they could have won. They they should have won. They should have beaten the the, uh, Steelers. So I, I don't know. I look at it right now as they're in a tough spot in Matthew Stafford's injury, which Dr. Cho is going to get into <clears throat> you know, as this, you know, podcast goes on, the show goes on. But, you know, I think right now the the time isn't really to panic. Um, they have a buy upcoming. Like, obviously, you really want them to come away with this win against Green Bay. Um, but I, I think, you know, even if you lose the game, it's not necessarily over because you look at the NFC cam and it's like the Vikings lost Kirk Cousins. They got Josh Dobbs. Uh, at the trade deadline today. Um, But they lost Kirk Cousins. That's a significant loss. They weren't even winning games with Kirk Cousins when he was playing at his best. So I don't know how you could immediately take into consideration that Josh Dobbs is going to play better. Um, You know, you can't. You look at the Saints. Saints haven't exactly finished teams off. The Bucs have been kind of all over the place. I mean, good stuff out of Baker. Defense has showed up at times. Defense hasn't showed up. They didn't go out and get a running back like we were hoping they would. Yeah. Then you look at, um, you know, the the commanders who just got gave two pass rushers away. Uh, yeah. Pretty abysmal organization to this point. Um, the Packers, you can knock solely out of the playoff race if you beat them because two and six and you you have the tiebreaker over them. There's just not a lot of teams, Cam. Like the, yeah. the, the pool of teams is now down to 10 and three teams out of, you know, seven teams out of those 10 are going to make it three are going to miss and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for the Rams to make the playoffs. So I, I don't, um, I think the important thing is keeping Stafford healthy. And if you have to hold him out this week, 
man, I'm just going to say right now, there's no excuse. You should pick up Carson Wentz, start him, and you know, move on because Brett Rippon's probably not going to get you the win. I can tell you that much. Yeah, yeah, no, Jake. We have two weeks to to not repeat last year's season, Jake. We have two weeks to do that, and so I know Stetson Bennett. I know he's not playing right now, but we have two weeks to figure it out. I'm praying that the Rams figure something out, Jake, in these next two weeks because if Matthew Stafford's not able to play, let's say he re injures that thumb that he has a UCL UCL injury. If he re-injures it, Jake, we're in the same situation as last year. So we have two weeks to figure it out, rest Matthew Stafford, have a bye week, and then figure out who that backup quarterback is going to be because we'll be doing the same thing we did last year, and we know how that ended. So. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Bryce Perkins. And to be honest with you, I'd rather see Bryce Perkins than Brett Rippon. He didn't get a fair shot. And by the way, he never got a chance to play with these weapons. Okay, by the time he got thrown in the fire, he was playing against the defending Super Bowl champions. He had no offensive line to speak of, and he had no weapons. So yeah. I don't know. I'd like to see him and see what he could do with that mobility and just see if he could play kind of loosely, kind of like how he did in the, in the preseason. If you could unlock that out of him, who knows? But I just think that it was kind of like Rippins the guy there because he's not Wolford and Bryce Perkins. And we really just found out that the Rams just simply don't have, they never had a strategy in mind. Like when Stetson Bennett went on NFI, we talked about it. They should have immediately picked up somebody. They did not. Now they're in this position, but we could go on all day about this. We're not going to, there's not going to be much of a preview about the Packers since we don't have the viable information to give you a preview. Uh, I can tell you that they're not a good run team. So a run defensive team. So Figure that out. I mean, obviously, yeah. you got Royce playing well. You got Hendo playing well. Run the football. But, Cam, I'm excited to uh, show everyone our, our little interview here with uh, Dr. Chow, who I think just I does an wait. absolutely incredible job. Um, I would not want to be in his boat. I mean, that's no. a lot of work. That's a lot no. of work to, yeah. to dissect and watch and have to zoom in. And not easy, man. Not easy. He's a, he's a great uh, ally for athletes who do get injured or may get injured in the future. Great ally in the media space. So I'm looking forward to this interview, Jake. I'm looking forward to sharing this interview with the world. And Dr. Chow, man, thank you so much for, for spending time with us. So, all right. Here's the here's our interview with Dr. Uh, Chow. And uh, you guys enjoy. Later, folks. All right. Welcome back, guys. This is Believe in Rams. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. Joining me as always is Cameron Lynch. And we have a very special guest. We have Dr. David Chow, who is pretty much the go-to for any sort of injury, uh, you know, when it comes to football. Uh, Pro Football Doc at Pro Football Doc on Twitter. You can find him. Official injury expert, live injury analysis, sports injury central. You can see the SIC in the back. How you doing, doctor? Thank you so much for joining the show. I'm doing well. And actually, the Sports Injury Central weekly podcast every Monday with injury rundowns is now Believe Network. And, you know, I, I look at it this way. Uh, I feel like we've spawned an industry of, quote, Twitter doctors and people have talked <laughs> about it. I don't think of myself as a Twitter doctor. I think of myself as a practicing orthopedic surgeon who has an unfair advantage because I worked in the NFL. I worked on the other side, not only to see injuries in the NFL, but the infrastructure of how it works. And it, it's, a, it's an unfair advantage of insider knowledge related to the injuries. And we're not perfect in our analysis, 
But we do do injury analysis, not injury reporting. We're not going to the agent or to a doctor or to the team or finding a player and getting that information. We do find that information as often spin where we're just looking at it from an analysis perspective. That doesn't mean we're always 100% right, but we've shown that we're 95% correct when the video is clear. Just this last weekend, Kirk Cousins, when he went down, said, yeah, that's an Achilles, just like Aaron Rodgers in week one. And I had one, I won't say who, but uh, one national media guy texted me, how sure are you? And I said, I replied, 99.9. You know, I mean, it looked very clear to me. I mean, I can't ever be 100. I didn't examine him, right? But 99.9, and and, uh, that's what we go off of. And, uh, you know, uh, look – By way, I don't know if you really even want to go here, but since it's a Rams blog, (laughs) Rams fans might remember that they got all over me related to, was it two and a half years ago, Jared Goff in the playoffs versus Seattle with the thumb injury. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. He missed week 17 with a, some sort of thumb surgery, my analysis in Sports Injury Central was, book it, Jared Goff will start the game versus the Seahawks. Book it, done deal. That thumb will not bother him. As you all know, and as you're laughing, 90 minutes before the game, Jay Glazier says, oh, it's going to be John Wolford. And I went, what? You know, <laughs> I didn't delete any tweets. I took my lumps in medicine. And guess what we did? We went back and doubled down. When, as it turned out, Jared Goff played three and a half quarters, right? Because John Wolford got a concussion. So what's my proof that his thumb was okay? It was not that he had played three and a half quarters and played well. That's not it. What I said on Monday, the proof was, and Cam, you can back me up on this, No NFL team goes into a regular season game, much less a playoff game, with one and a half healthy quarterbacks. If they weren't sure about Jared Goff's health, they would have had to have activated Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles was not active against Seattle. That showed the Rams were confident that Goff was healthy, but they were choosing to start Wolford. Then it came out from Mike Silver, who's tight Cal, you know, Jared Goff, that Goff was told on Tuesday that if he wasn't able to practice, they were going to Wolford. So what did that tell me? That told me that if they thought of Jared Goff as up here, they thought of John Wolford as very close to him. Or was it they thought John Wolford was here and they think Jared Goff is here? Bottom line is, If you're Matt Stafford, and I'm sure we'll get to him, and he doesn't practice all week long, he is the starter. I don't care, right? But the fact, if if you're starting Brett Ripien just because Matthew Stafford didn't practice all week, that means you either love Brett Ripien or you don't like Matthew Stafford that much anymore, right? If he that's if he can play. So This is what we do based on insider knowledge 
of the medical situation and how teams work. And we're, I think, in a unique position to make some of these analyses. And that's just an example, maybe an intro to your guys of what we do, which is clearly different than what reporters do, you know, getting sources of agents or from teams, et cetera. Yeah. And Dr. Chow, too, I also want to say this as well, right? Being a former athlete, um, playing the sport at the end of the day, no matter how long we play, we are professional at what we do. In your practice, you are able to say what you're able to say because not only do you work for the Chargers, but you went to Harvard, you went to Northwestern, right? You have that behind you to, to push. You and and I have the utmost respect for professional athletes. I just did something else with Marcellus Wiley, and he was asking, you know, are you banging on Deshaun Watson for not playing? I'm like, no, no, no. I always have respect for athletes. There's a reason for things that happen, et cetera. And one of the things that I will have been pleasantly surprised by, as I have run into athletes, you know, Super Bowl media, this, that, the other. I'll give you – I can tell this story. I, I uh, Right tackle for the Chiefs when they were in the Super Bowl – I'm blanking on his Mitchell Schwartz. Okay. I know his brother, Jeff Schwartz, pretty well. He does a lot of media stuff. He does a great job. I'm at a Super Bowl team media session, and I would never get in the way of a true media professional. Mitchell Schwartz was at a table, nobody was around him. And I walked up, I introduced myself, pro football doc, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, I know who you are. I'm like, oh, I said, should I get up and leave? Because I've said a lot about his knee throughout the, the year. And he, and he said, no. He goes, I know you talked to my brother, you know, but no, I actually like what you do. Because as a player, I was starting to get heat because the team was saying any day now, any day now. And they did that for four or six weeks and made him look bad. But the team was just, you know, giving team information, playing the coach speak game. Yet he couldn't come out and say, are you kidding me? It's a grade three MCL. I'm six weeks away. I don't know why they're telling me it's any day now. He had to keep quiet. So he actually liked, and as I've run into athletes, for the most part, they've actually liked what I've said and done because it puts them in a better light. If you look at the first week or early this season, Saquon Barkley, we were saying he's got a high ankle sprain. And the team said, nope. And the team said ordinary ankle sprain, even after – an MRI. And I'm like, yeah, ordinary high ankle sprain. And on Thursday night, there was all this, he might play Thursday, he might play Thursday. And on Thursday night football, Saquon tells Taylor Rooks, yeah, I've got a high ankle sprain. Why? Because Saquon said, I don't want to be labeled soft. I mean, I'm going to tell the world what I have. And, yeah. and so that's been interesting in terms of the process as well. Yeah, and Dr. Chu, really quick before we jump into the actual meat and potatoes of the Rams and what that no, I'm looks sorry like. for going along with you. Yeah. No, you had to no, the last believe one of the day, so I've got a little time. <laughs> no, this is this is perfect, Doctor. As a former athlete, what they tell us, they always tell us, get a second opinion, right? That's always important. Get a second opinion. What does that look like? The fact that you have your platform in the media space as a doctor, that's really important because we can find that allyship where it's like, hey, Doctor, I want to go find a second opinion. Can you maybe even look at me for a second opinion? And also, I don't want to say anything. If you hear some content for you, if you want to use it, but I don't feel comfortable doing the team doesn't. But having that ally in the space, in the medical space, in the football and the sports space is extremely important. So, Doctor, I'll tell you from a former athlete myself, we appreciate you. Oh, no problem. 
<laughs> so <clears throat> now we get into the meat and potatoes. Uh, we'll start off really unfortunate news with Matthew Stafford. And what I like, I saw your live stream on uh, Twitter. Um, and what I like about what you said, and obviously you'll be able to expand on this, is that, I mean, I was saying as soon as McVeigh announced that this was a uh, UCL sprain, I was not exactly jumping for joy like other Rams fans were. I was like, this is still serious. This is his third injury of his thumb. He hurt his thumb with the Rams. He had surgery with the Lions. I mean, this is a little concerning. Where are you at uh, on this injury? Well, in-game on Sunday when it happened, and we saw it jammed in the helmet opening, we yeah. said there was worry for ulna collateral ligament injury here. And we followed up on that live stream that, he saw saying that he had surgery right before he got to the Rams from a partially torn ulnar collateral ligament. We can't tell you this, the degree of injury to the ulnar collateral ligament. We're not examining him. But we said it's a reasonable possibility that he can't return to play this game because you have to be able to grip it to be able to spin it and throw and throw accurately. Matthew Stafford is as tough as, he, as they come. He's played through so many different injuries. So I wasn't questioning his toughness. It's just his ability. Think back years ago when we thought and we said, in game, a significant collateral ligament injury because of the force. It wasn't caught in the helmet. came down on the helmet. Drew Brees. We said, that's an collateral tear, and he's going to need surgery. Well, no one really believed us. He left the game. And then when we said, he's going to need surgery, and when it got confirmed, people went the other way. And Cam, you know this. Never too high, never too low in the NFL. Yeah. Never too high, yeah. never too low. Yeah. Never too low. Oh, my gosh, surgery, he's done. No, we said six weeks, he'll be back. And he was, right? And what we're saying about Matthew Stafford is, and Jake, I appreciate you looking at the live stream, we don't delete Absolutely. information. If we're wrong, we're wrong, okay? Because we're not in the room, and you know we're just giving the analysis as best that we can. But I always say, Teams do a lot of months and months of due diligence, and they don't get every draft pick right. Coaches don't get every game plan right. Players don't get every play right. I'm from yep. afar, and I'm trying to do this, okay? And we're trying to do this. But we don't delete stuff. So Matthew Stafford comes back in the game, has very little tape on his thumb. And I'm thinking, did we miss the boat? Are we wrong? This is surprising me. But we say, well, that's just what we thought. And sure enough, Two series later, he's out of the game, and he's got this humongous wrap yeah. on the hand. And Sean McVay has now confirmed on the collateral ligament. This is a big deal because of the quarterback and throwing. Now, I think Matthew Stafford is better off than Justin Fields because Justin Fields dislocated his thumb. And we don't believe for one second that the MRI showed nothing. The MRI showed nothing operative. But you can't have no damage when a joint comes out of place, okay? And from the get-go, we said multi-week absence for Justin Fields. Now, I get this is a Rams podcast here, but for Justin Fields, he said multi-weeks. He's missed two weeks. And we're not – and now he's out again the third week. And by the way, just because he hasn't been put on injured reserve yet doesn't mean he's guaranteed to play week four. And, in, and, and Bears fans might say, well, why didn't they put him on injured reserve then? Because he's the quarterback and because he's the leader and because if there is a slight chance that he might beat four weeks, you don't want to put him on injured reserve. That would be yeah. a bad move. And also nowadays with practice squad call-ups, 
the roster has more flexibility than you used to have. So you don't need to burn that spot. I mean, what if he was ready at week three or four? You'd be kicking yourself that you put him on injury reserve. So you just let him go. So Justin Fields is right where we thought. Matthew Stafford, I don't think is as bad as Justin Fields right now. I'm not saying he's for sure multi-weeks or he's going to, you know, be an eye, but it is something that is very worrisome in a quarterback because if you can't have the strength to grip it, look, an index finger injury, some quarterbacks are middle finger dominant. You don't need it. Some are index finger dominant. You don't need the middle finger, but every quarterback needs the thumb. Yeah. Can you talk about Justin Herbert really quick, the other L.A. team that's there? And I know Justin has been affected by that as well. Just really quick. I know he said yeah, it's, it's the Rams, it's long, but it's, it's, it's the left hand, right? He's got the middle finger fracture that he's looking better from. What's funny is I told my team at Sports Injury Central for the last two weeks, well, first, the week after the bye, I said, it's still going to bug him. But you watch. Matt, uh, Justin Herbert isn't going to take any snaps under center. It's all going to be from shotgun. Now, how does that affect Austin Eckler? How does it affect the guy? And what happens? The first play of the game, he takes a snap from under center, right, and doesn't do it again. That's yeah. basically like, hey, uh, this quarterback can't throw long. I'm going to throw long once on the first <laughs> series just to keep everybody honest, right? right and to take right. it out of your head that, that this is what they're going to be. That's part of the gamesmanship that happens, and we know that happens in the NFL. And Doctor, really quick, can you can you stick on that gamesmanship part, right? Because you talked about it a couple of times, like why would you put a uh, your starting quarterback on injury reserve? Can you talk about the chess match that coaches and teams play with other teams so they don't tip their hand? Like, what does that look like for the fans that are listening? Okay, we coined something we say all the time: coach speak. I am not getting on any coach that does coach speak. I am not calling them a liar. All I am saying is they are doing their job. And as a Rams fan, you want Sean McVay to sometimes have some coach speak, okay? <laughs> I'll give you an example. Early this season, when there was some sort of setback to Cooper Cup, Sean McVay, and I'm not hating him on this, he he's doing his job, said, yeah, he's day-to-day. Like, a setback? He's week-to-week. <laughs> he's in Minnesota talking to a body specialist. I don't even know what a body specialist is. <laughs> is it a ART person? Is it a therapist? Is it some a chiropractor? I have no idea. But he flew a cr- halfway, two-thirds of the way across the country to see someone. This is not day-to-day kind of thing. This is multi-weeks with a setback, and then he hit injured reserve. Now he looks good, and he's fine. I'm not calling Sean McVay a liar. It's called coach speak. They do it all the time. And, uh, you know, kind of thing. Uh, you know, uh, every – I mean, the, the Bears did it with Justin Fields in his thumb. You know, I, I'm not sure Sean McVay is any letting on the severity, Okay. Why are they looking for another quarterback right now if they don't think there's nothing there, right? And, oh, boy. I mean, look, I can, I'm going to get into that one. one. <laughs> I'll tell you, one time, I won't name mention the name of the player, but we had a player once, a wide receiver, uh, whatever, I'm tipping my hand. I won't say say the name. Uh, towards ACL in game, and immediately after the game, the GM grabbed me and said, what's he got? You know, what do you think? He goes, towards ACL. He's done for the season. He goes, don't tell anybody. I'm like, I'm not telling anybody. He goes, I got a trade in the works. 
Okay, I'm signing. No somebody. way. <laughs> okay, I'm like, yeah, I never tell anybody. I said, but if you want to keep this quiet, I told the player, and that locker room's about to open. Somebody better go tell that player to keep his mouth shut if that's what you want to have happen because that locker room door is about to open. I'm not going to tell everybody, anybody, right? And and so that's kind of the stuff that happens. You know, maybe there's a downplay for a reason, right? And and uh, it does make sense. And teams don't want their dirty laundry out there in terms of what's going on. And I know teams have been aware of what I do. I don't think I've ever said anything disrespectful about a player, about a coach, about a GM, about a medical professional. I would not do that. I have too much respect. But I do give countering opinions sometimes, you know, and I've been on the other side of this, not only with that example, but we've hidden hidden our share of injuries. I mean, I was a doctor involved in Philip Rivers playing six days after an scope after he tore his ACL in the last game of Indy. The, the team, I mean, the team knew what he had. But that's what wasn't what was announced and said, because all you need to legally do is say knee, the status. And when asked further, the, you know, Norv Turner, you know, spun it a little bit, coach speak of what it was or wasn't. Right. So that's where I look at it is I've been on the other side and have the unfair advantage of knowing how it works a little bit in terms of and then being able to decipher, looking at injuries, verifying what's real or not real in terms of what's happening. But getting back to it, this Matt Stafford thing is a deal. How much of a deal, I don't know. But clearly enough of a deal to not finish the game and enough of a deal for Rams to look at other quarterbacks. And I think that he is iffy to play this week for the Rams. I don't think he should, to be honest with you. I mean, you have the bye coming up. Don't you just take those two weeks and just let him kind of, I understand it's not, you know, it takes what, four to five weeks to, for that type of injury to heal. But those two weeks help. Like we can't act like the, you know, taking those two weeks off. Would it help him? Um, where are you on that? By the way, would you, would you sit him out or would you play him if, because it's going to be hard to take the ball out of his hands. You know, I can't even come to a formal opinion on that without knowing the severity and how can he grip and spin the ball. Now, uh, of course, rest in a perfect world, you want to rest, but who are they going to play a quarterback? They got to sign someone else anyways. And, uh, you know, look, you got to look at matchups and different things and, and coach McVay is smart. He can change game plans, alter certain, you know, passes, this, that, the other, there's a lot of machinations that, that are done, but let me tell you something. I'll bet you, that as of this moment, the Rams aren't sure what they're going to do. If they have a choice of playing him or waiting through the bye, I'll bet they're taking a couple more days before they make the final decision. That's just the way that it works in terms of uh, uh, the logistics and what have you. And, you know, earlier this season, we had another quarterback. I think everyone thought after the the, the, the Bengals were 0-2, Joe Burrow had aggravated that calf. They say, well, he's going to wait this next week and not play. And I said, well, not so fast. I don't know that the Bengals have made that decision. And everyone would say, rest a week. But remember, this was a preseason calf injury. One week wasn't going to fix it. Can you really afford to rest him a month? 
I mean, you're 0-2. So that's why I thought mm -hmm. they may change the game plan and play him. The other piece where I was confident they would play him, if they were deciding to rest him, why would they run him out there LP? They'd put him in a boot and rest him. As soon as they ran him out there LP, I was like, they're trying to play him for this week. So oh, those yeah. are some of the subtle clues is that, that we look at. And one thing I want to also touch on, still with sticking with Stafford here, I've been told that Matthew Stafford's hip is not good. And that I feel like is kind of going to get lost here because of the thumb. But I mean, he's also dealing with a hip injury. I saw a little bit of like, you could see a different weight shift when he was, you know, watching the all 22, when he's throwing deep down the field, there's a little bit more of a hitch to him. What are your thoughts on that? Because I don't know. I didn't get a chance to see your analysis when he suffered that against the Colts, but I think that's still affecting him, doctor. You know, come week nine in the NFL, Cam Lynch will probably finish the sentence for me here. 85% healthy is a good week. Come week nine. Okay? Yes. I mean, he, does he have a hip something? Probably. Okay? Thankfully, he's not Lamar Jackson running everywhere, so it's not less of a That's deal. True. He's got a strong arm. And, yes, there's no question he has a hip something, but 85% is a good week, my friend. <laughs> Yes, okay, that yes. Makes you feel a little bit better there because I, I was a little worried about that. And it sounded like you were pretty high on Cooper Cup. He he's a hundred percent now, you would say? Essentially, and, and what makes him even better than a hundred percent, he's got another guy that you got to pay attention to. It's not just <laughs> yeah. Cooper Cup and call it a day. I mean, that 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 really helps a lot, right? I mean, uh to to have attention elsewhere besides just you. And uh so yeah, I think yeah. he's looking pretty good. And, and Dr. Chow, as we wrap up here, I, I wanted to ask you really the psychology behind it. What are some of the words that you that you share with some of the athletes, right, as they get their second opinions or when you were there, you know, at the Chargers? I know you're at the board of Junior Seau Foundation. So what are some of the things that you share with some of your athletes and you let them know, hey, not only am I giving you this medical background, but as a person, as a human, these are some of the words that I want you to take with you to, to work through this, these injuries. What does that look like for you? Well, I look at it this way. If a team doctor or someone tells you you can't go get a second opinion or shouldn't go get a second opinion, you should run and go get a second opinion. Okay? <laughs> uh, it's always your right. Now, there are some limits to that, too. We used to have a, a, an agent that had a lot of middle tier guys on our team, and he would send every mild, low ankle sprain out for a second opinion. And I'm like, for what? The second opinion is already the MRI. You saw the MRI. And he goes, no, that's just what we're told to do. But what's the funniest thing is he would send me his guys from the Cowboys. So I'm like, am I a bad doctor or a good doctor? And he used to say, well, you know, you work for the team. So, you know, I don't want your loyalties. But, you know, Cam, I'll give you this. I don't know this words of wisdom, how I got through it. I think I'm very lucky in life. I... I lucked into an opportunity at this job at a young age. And for the first eight years, there was at least one player on the team older than me. I was older than Junior Seau, but he felt like my brother, right? And that's where he got close to everybody. And I would never, as a doctor, do anything to harm my brothers and friends. So I had a unique perspective. And in later in life, the last nine years, I did it. I, they were like my little brothers, maybe, you know, I was <laughs> yeah. older. but I still felt that brethren. And I will tell you what I told the team. I said, don't tell me, Hey, get this guy healthy 
because we're going to cut them. That puts a bad thought in my mind to change what's the what's real. I have to play it straight. In order to own the locker room and have faith from people, you have to play it straight and honest, right? And I said, look, if it's Ladanian Tomlinson and he's the best player on the team, it's my job to get him healthy. If he's the 53rd guy in the team, it's my job to get him healthy. Don't tell me the consequences of doing that. Leave that part out of it. I'm going to play it straight in terms of uh, what's happening. And I'll tell you, Cam, I don't know how – I hear people all the time say, you know, the team physician should be independent and from the team and whatever. Do you really think that's the best attitude? Look, Richard Sherman had good cause – not Richard Sherman. Um, Jamal Adams had good cause to yell at the independent narrow on the sidelines because he was like, are you effing kidding me? I spent over a year coming back and a couple plays in, I feel fine and you're going to rule me out? Who the F are you, right? He's never met the guy before, right? And I get it, and it's emotional. You don't want that team physician. Part of this is having some rapport and having some trust. And as far as you know, second opinions, you should always go get them. And I get how it's changed because most team doctors nowadays come as a sponsor package with the hospital. And I yeah. get that that doesn't bode as well. But here's what I always said. If I were a banker, my job is to take care of the money because that's the assets of the bank. The assets of a team are the players. So that's taking care of the money. So uh, if I just take care of the assets, which are the players, things will shake out fine. And, and let me tell you, even that little Philip Rivers story I said, it wasn't the team saying he's got to go out and play. It wasn't Norv Turner saying, come on, let's go out and play. Norv Turner was saying, "We Billy Wolick has got this. Philip, you take care of your knee. It was Philip that said, no, I want to do this, et cetera. And so that's at least the dynamic that I experienced. I can't speak for other teams. But, you know, I think it's in anything in life, it's about relationships and, you know, and long-term relationships. And the first time you sit down and talk to a player can't be when he's injured. You've got to sit down in training camp and break a little bread, sit next to him on the bus, say hello, you know, on an away trip in the hotel room, develop some sort of working relationship and rapport. So when the heat of battle comes and it's that Jamal Adams moment, you're going to say, this is for your own good, brother, my brother, you know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that warms my heart, Dr. Chad, because I was that 53 man on the roster. Right? I was an undrafted guy and I was worried about reporting injuries because I was like, Wow, they you know they may cut me. So it was it's really heartwarming to hear your thought process and how you approach the game because undrafted guys like me, we were we were dead scared to share our, our injuries because of stuff like that. You know, you hear horror stories where hey, this guy hurt or they're injured. You know, we need to cut them. So thank you for reconfirming that. Um, like I said, we us as athletes as people, we need to hear your perspective. We need to hear this stuff because it's a concern of ours as we play. You know, thanks. And thanks for letting me wander a little bit. I had fun talking with you guys. You were the last one of the day here. And we kind of got off Rams topics into other topics, but all all good, I guess. All good. All, all good. I mean, you covered everything. You know, uh, I think it's important for people to realize like this isn't OK, just because it's a sprain. You see, like it doesn't mean that he'll be back this week. Um, it's important to temper expectations. I think, you know, you do a great job. I thought you said it best on the live stream. You echoed that and added some more um, insight on this show. And we really appreciate you. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
Absolutely. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, This has been Believe in Rams. Special thanks to Dr. David Chow. You can go and find him at Pro Football Doc. Uh, You can follow me at JK Bogan. You can follow Cam Lynch at Cameron Lynch 50. That's going to do it. You guys take care and we'll see you guys soon. Later, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.